Welcome to Bible Study, Parody, and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel. episode, we saw Jesus act more boldly in claiming the authority of the priests than he had before. He proclaimed a man forgiven of his sins, and by doing so, demonstrated that a common person has that power, the power to declare another person forgiven and in good social standing. In this episode, Jesus will reach out to one of the most despised and socially outcast groups of people, tax collectors chiefs among sinners. When challenged with the accusation that he is keeping company with despicable people, with shameless sinners, he will counter with a prophetic critique of the whole sacrificial system that upholds priestly and upper-class power and reinforces social division among the people. My name is Bert Newton, and this is Episode 20 of Bible Study, Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel. Let's begin with just the first verse, Matthew 9, 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. Now, some readers might imagine that Matthew is a wealthy, if despised, individual since he is a tax collector. We might think of the famous tax collector Zacchaeus in the Gospel of Luke, who does in fact seem to be a fairly wealthy man. But Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. Matthew in this story, not to be confused with the author of this Gospel, Matthew in this story is likely just the employee of a chief tax collector, like Zacchaeus. Or more accurately, he is the employee of a chief toll collector, Matthew sits in a booth on the side of the road, collecting tolls for his boss. His boss is the one who has the contract with the Romans, a contract to collect tolls from people who use the Roman roads. Matthew is likely just a peasant with a low-wage, steady job. Jesus calls Matthew to come and join the movement, and Matthew immediately leaves his steady, somewhat secure job and joins this ragtag band of homeless radicals. His calling by Jesus to come and join the movement sounds a lot like the calling of the first disciples in chapter 4, who immediately left their fishing jobs to follow Jesus, which, as I covered in episode 8 of this series, would have reminded the original audience of the call of Elisha by Elijah. Elijah calls Elisha from his farming job, and Elisha immediately follows. 
So just like Elisha, the first disciples in chapter 4, and now Matthew immediately leave their jobs to follow a prophet. Elijah and Elisha were both prophets whose vocation was to be a thorn in the side of the rulers. By using this Elijah and Elisha imagery, Matthew tells us that we should understand that a great prophet is calling his disciples, who are also going to be prophets, and they will be a thorn in the side of the rulers. Jesus' movement is that kind of a prophetic movement. Well, sort of. Actually, this movement is even more radical than Elijah and Elisha. As I explained in episode 8, the disciples that Jesus calls in chapter 4 don't just have fishing jobs. They effectively work for the empire. You see, Caesar claimed ownership of all the fish in his imperial realm. Fishermen did not merely have to catch the fish. They then had to buy them from the emperor before they could sell or eat them. Their daily work enriched the emperor. When Jesus calls these fishermen away from their jobs, he calls them away from working for the empire. He liberates them. The call is a dramatic story of liberation. The same goes for the disciple Matthew, again, not to be confused with the author of this gospel. Matthew in this story works for the empire too, only he is more socially despised because he collects tolls, a form of tax for the Romans. Both the fisherman and the toll collector are doing what they have to do to survive, and Jesus calls both of them to abandon their service to the empire and instead answer a call to prophetic resistance against the ruling class of the empire. The story continues with verses 10 to 13. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. In the last episode, we saw that Jesus demonstrated that the common people have the power to forgive sin, the power to declare each other to be in good social or social-political standing. Now, after calling a tax or toll collector to join his band of homeless revolutionaries, Jesus sits down to dinner with even more toll collectors and other assorted sinners. Sitting down to dinner in this manner signals mutual redemption and reconciliation, a way of declaring each other to be of equal social standing. You see, who you ate with and how you ate with them was a big deal in the first century Mediterranean world. New Testament scholar Warren Carter puts it this way, Meal customs reflected and reinforced hierarchical order, social relations, and status through invitations, different qualities and quantities of food, types of tableware and eating utensils, and seating order. Carter also states that certain social radicals 
defied these conventions by including slaves and women of varying social rank in meals. And then Carter concludes by saying, Jesus' actions belong with this countercultural trend. So Jesus' behavior is not completely unprecedented, but it is countercultural and signals equality among everyone at the meal. And given that he is calling people away from working for the empire, it is revolutionary. Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners constitutes a quintessential image of what this gospel is about. It is an image of social healing and reconciliation through an egalitarian meal. People who have lived in shame for resorting to collecting taxes for the hated Roman occupiers in order to survive are being reconciled. They are treated honorably by Jesus and his disciples. They share a meal as honorable equals. They are healed and they are liberated. This is an image also of Jesus doing the opposite of what conventional wisdom would dictate. He's trying to build a movement with all the wrong people. And you can feel the delicious drip of irony in the gospel writer's use of the word sinners. Wasn't Jesus just the other day saying, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law. Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said that his movement would uphold the law and hold lawbreakers in low regard. In fact, they wouldn't even be able to enter the new society. And yet here he is, eating with tax or toll collectors and sinners, the unclean, the traitors, the outlaws. And the Pharisees are calling him out on it. But that's the thing. Jesus is aiming for a higher righteousness, a higher justice than that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And he draws not only on the law, but on the prophets too. He quotes the prophet Hosea telling them, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. With this quote, Jesus again attacks the temple and its sacrificial system, a system that lays a heavy burden on the people and demands adherence to the law at the expense of human beings. Modern parallels should jump out at us. The denial of humane treatment to people escaping poverty and violence on the basis that they have broken a law by crossing a border or a system that will crush families financially because they can't meet their medical debt obligations. Any system that will sacrifice people on the altar of the law. To the defenders of all these systems, Jesus says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He sarcastically tells the Pharisees, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. For I have come to call not the just, but sinners. Jesus' campaign is a campaign of healing and forgiveness, to establish a new society where people have the power and authority to forgive and heal each other. Those who are well, or rather those who perceive themselves to be well, have no need of this new society, 
most of them will not join the movement. But as we will see, they are the ones who need healing the most. In the next episode, Jesus will be confronted, not by establishment figures like these Pharisees, but by fellow radicals who question what he is doing. And he will have to explain to them why this is the time to party with the sinners. My name is Bert Newton. The theme music for this podcast is provided by Bob Nolte and David Martin. And this has been Episode 20 of Bible Study, Parody and Subversion in Matthew's Gospel.